0: Hello everyone. Good to see you slash hear you slash be with you again. My name is Alec, I'm the host today and we're doing another podcast episode where we're gonna be talking to a very smart, capable, talented individual who will be speaking at one of our upcoming events, this time DesignConf, which is again happening the first week of June in New York City. Today, my guest is Nova Nicole. She is a senior leadership development facilitator at Shopify. So we're gonna figure out what that is today for sure and why it's such uh, an important role, and also why this is the type of person that you as a designer or even as a researcher or whatever you're doing can be quite helpful for your growth. So I'm really excited to talk to Nova today. Welcome. How are you?
1: I'm just so glad to be here. Good to, good to meet you, Alec.
0: <laughs> good to meet you too. Um, I'd love to just start with what is a senior leadership development facilitator? And then I want to get into your story, but first like, set us up. What is it that you do?
1: Okay, so my kids would call me a feelings teacher. Nice. So I have twin girls, and that's how they describe it. So I think that that's a really great place to start. Um, a facilitator is different than presenting. Like so facilitating, I'm dealing with unscripted content. And what I do is a lot of like coaching and facilitation. So I've got a toolbox of questions of, of ways the conversation go, but the audience really leads it. So that's I'm all about like the energy, the intuition, like what's landing. I want people to walk away like feeling like they were heard. So that's how I facilitate. And the subject matter that I focus on, like my subject matter expertise is in mindfulness, meditation, and self-care. So hmm. my my role at Shopify is really connecting personal development to professional achievement through the tools of self-awareness and self-management.
0: That's that's super interesting. I bet you know at least from my limited experience talking with senior folks sometimes their great strengths as uh, senior high flying leaders doesn't always come from a place of self awareness do you see a lot of that
1: <laughs> well this is this is the thing and and this is what i've noticed has changed when it comes to leadership in like this human washing machine that we've found ourselves in is that the the posturing And the kind of like positioning of like, of leadership that's like, I've got it all figured out, like, no, do what I say, like, take my advice, I'm not using it kind of feeling like that's changed. We're in each other's Mm -hmm. living room, I can see the dog, like I see the Peloton hamper, like I'm I'm in your real life. And so the smoke and mirrors have died down some. And what COVID had done for a lot of folks who hadn't had their own like practice of self-awareness of like, can I monitor my thoughts and feelings? Do I notice the body sensations when I'm feeling anxious or upset or angry? Like, can I re- respond to those or am I just like in reacting mode? And do I feel mm. like everyone needs to be one way in one situation because I am? And so there's, it can be very, very reactive leadership. Um, and now that we've all been traumatized by COVID and everything else that's happened in the last few years, that's changed. And so what people want now from the people they're trusting with their careers is honesty, honesty, transparency, mm. like give it to me straight, like talk to me like a person, this jargon, this coded, like, yeah, come on, let's, let's do it. Like, I just unpacked like my whole identity before I logged in today. Can we like take a beat? Uh, and some things have been like that. And then when you're dealing with creatives, who like, don't even get me started, that that's a whole other challenge, because you're dealing with people who are really giving of themselves. of of their literal self and they have to wrestle with the continued pace and pressure of that output in a time where their capacity is stretched and not on their own like it's not by their own doing i don't know when it's going to end and that's a really hard place to be in and then when you're leading because you're also in that place it's just hard period so it's changing my job is to say the thing give permission let's level set everybody and so then we can go ahead, like just being honest about it.
0: That's that's super neat. Yeah. Tell me, how did you get into this whole field? This feels like one of those, you know, when, when, when you're growing up and you're like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, everyone's like a firefighter, a teacher, a this or that, right? You know, these really well-defined roles that you can, you know, they are out there and there's lots of them. I don't think that lots of people necessarily know about this type of work. Uh, Certainly not when they're a little bit earlier on in their career. How did one find their path? Or how did you find your path to this type of thing?
1: It's it's important to know, and I think um, think this is like from a Jay-Z quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, to be me today is to be me yesterday. So to be a senior leadership development facilitator focusing on like mental health and well-being, that meant to be me yesterday, which meant someone who suffered with their mental health and well-being. Someone who made all of the mistakes so that then I could practice self-correct, continue that practice to then speak from a place of like applied knowledge and not just, oh, here's the words I read. (laughs) Because when you're talking about, you know, depression, anxiety, et cetera, people know like if you've been there, you know, if someone has been there as well, because there's just an understanding, especially if you're in the room with them, let alone trying Mm -hmm. to translate that digitally, like. Real ones get it, so you can't like fake it. And so I got here in a very ass backwards way by like absolutely applied knowledge. So I I started at Shopify in 2019 for 10 years prior. I worked as a consultant um, in the academic, public, private sector, um, really just preaching the good gospel about like all the same things about like well being, integration, just having a real talk about mental health. And I focused at the time on university students and then creatives, public facing creative types. And I did that because for 10, 12 years prior to that, I pretty much grew up in the entertainment business in music, um, mostly hip hop, marketing promotions and PR in Toronto and in Los Angeles with like artists at the highest, like superstar, super status level. So, you know, I get pace. I get pressure. I get the persona. I get Mm -hmm. what it means to have to like, to not have me have to do it, but to see someone who has to commodify their art and then keep making it and be judged by it. Like that is not, that is not an easy, that is not an easy circle to square. And I didn't have the name for it at the time, but I, I know what self-medication is. I know what avoidance is. Like it was Hennessy and Blunts when I was, when I was in music. But I'm like, oh, that's self-medication. Oh, okay. These are coping skills. I got it. So being a woman in hip hop would just, this is much, very much my nature, but being a woman in hip hop, it's just mainly men and then spending time with people, I became like a de facto guidance counselor. And I did, wow. I was holding space before I knew what that meant. And so I stumbled into my career.
0: that's that's super interesting i mean it's it's wild because i bet and it sounds like one of the things that you have a lot of skills at is this idea of like interpretation whether it's you know the physical signs that we show the facial expressions we have the words that we say the intonation all that kind of stuff so it's interesting even just what you're saying i mean i'm sure you could go through a lot of music lyrics and kind of reword some of these things to be a little bit more clear about how the artist is feeling in a particular moment with clinical terms.
1: <laughs> I'm completely. And and we can all do it. Like once you do, like I did the applied knowledge first, like I lived it, experienced it. And then I did the study so I could translate mm. what the hell just, what the hell was that? Like <laughs> just go through. And then I connected that dot. So for myself, my, like my purpose has the triangle has become the purpose is at the top, my skill and my passion that's that secret sauce, so going from the music business to like being in mental health it seems like a jump. It's not a jump <laughs> it's a very straight line. It's a very straight line once you find the right words
0: so tell me a bit about like um you know you're drawing a lot of parallels here between like creative talent, designers, design managers, design leaders, all that kind of stuff, and the experience you had working with artists on tour. What are some of the things that? And again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I I would imagine, and I might be totally wrong, that the expression of some of these challenging feelings or circumstances was probably more extreme in the artist's space, or is that? would you say that's not true?
1: Um, extremity can be measured by access. Your bad day my bad, like solving a bad day looks different when you can do anything to solve it so fair enough right <laughs> like i'll leave that there paint that I, I, picture as you will <laughs>
0: i can think i can infer where you're going with right that. A, lo- anything, um, a
1: lot of things can make you feel better on a bad day and you can afford all of them <laughs> so <you> know,
0: yeah <laughs> wow Okay, that that kind of that kind of hit hit me in the back of my head. There, um, tell me about how you see this showing up for uh, creatives working in tech or in kind of like the corporate setting, and how how are you seeing people cope well and cope poorly with these feelings that they might be having?
1: A part of it, it's it's there's so many layers to it because you know my my time in in the music business was one chapter, and then it was like translating those same skills and uh, experiences over another decade. And just seeing that just a common experience, like I would often say that feelings are different, but experiences are the same. And that's what I mean Mm -hmm. by like pressure is pressure. Like a first year engineering student, like that's pressure. And so is being on a deadline for a thing. Like you're not too sure if this is good enough. Like it it feels the same in your body and in your mind and what, you know, our work has changed in the last while is that I feel like the pace has gotten quicker. There's more voices and noise as far as input on how, like on what good looks like. And then also distractions, like the distractions are endless. Mm -hmm. I see it happening, but in the time of COVID and and isolation, you know, what lacks for a creative person is um, what's referred to as relational awareness, right? So your self-awareness is how I measure what's going on in my thoughts and feelings and you know my body sensations and my physical environment and then if i can see things are getting like cluttered or messy or there's chatter i can self manage by you know adjusting accordingly and seeing how that kind of checks out with my attitude my behavior and my performance but if i lack relational awareness like there's no one to see that i'm banging my head against the computer or crying <laughs> or like you know red bulling it i can't mm-hmm. measure like my output and the effectiveness so i'm just doing So some Mm -hmm. folks have over-indexed on the doing and some folks have like just been stuck in the being, like they don't know how to be without input from a colleague or organic breaks in the day or verbally processing their ideas or just, I don't know, going outside and leaving the room. (laughs) Like it's all so not normal for everyone. But again, when you're trying to commodify art and your creative process is taken away, The tools of inspiration are taking away. As a facilitator, people are my tool. And when we went, when our company went digital, I told my lead, I said, it's like, you're asking me to paint a sunset with no colors. Like, how am (laughs) I, it's not that I can't do it, but like, I've, I've never had to do, do this. And so to show up, it just, I have found, and I have heard is that for creatives who deal in like energy intuition, like it's of themselves. There has been a lot of output of themselves in order to create and they're not getting a lot back. The reciprocity has changed. The energy exchange has changed and it's depleted them. It's depleted them in a way you couldn't see what was, what was hard now wasn't hard before. And that goes like the self-talk, man, it's, it's hard when you don't have the person beside you in the, in the pod or in the office or your creative partner to be like, Hey, let's just step out, get some air and come back to it without that. You're just, you're in your own head and it's really hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that definitely hits home in a number of ways. And I, I feel like, uh, that your talk is going to be one of those ones that will generate a lot of reflection and a lot of, uh, introspection. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, I hope you're excited for it as well. Uh, It's just a few weeks away.
1: I hope so. Like what I really try and like just offer folks is just, it's the permission to have that reflection, the permission to prioritize the time and to be really intentional about the self reflection, like intentional solitude. Like, can you let the chatter just distill? It's just to hear yourself think that takes a practice that takes effort. And, you know, for some folks, you got to give them permission. And so what I really try and encourage folks to do and everyone who's coming to the design conference, it's like, Just reframe the way you're looking at how the work gets done and the breaks and the process and the breathers. It's essentially energy management, but it's not instead of the work. It's in order to do it. It's in order to have that high optimal work so it doesn't come at the cost of me so that I can continue at the level I'm being asked to do.
0: That's very elegant. (laughs) (laughs)
1: As a voila. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, thanks so much for joining me on this little podcast. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you in New York in June.
1: Oh, it's going to be great. It's already great. And the people in the room, it's just going to make it fantastic. See you soon, everyone.
0: I couldn't agree more. If you also want to learn from the one and only Nova Nicola, you can do so in one of two ways. That's right. You can join us in person in New York City, in Brooklyn at 99 Scott. It's gonna be an amazing time. Two days of in-person learning. Only a few hundred tickets are available. So you can do that. Or maybe you just like tuning in from your own own living room or something like that. That's totally uh, allowed as well. We have free remote tickets. That's right, you don't even have to pay anything. So there's no cost to learning, at least with our events. So head over to designconf22.joinlearners.com to grab your ticket, whichever one you want to do. Uh, And we will see you soon, online or in person. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care, everyone.